0: We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more team They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on any Shore. It's old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're ruining it!
1: And now, Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast.
2: Here's Art and Caleb. It's Between the Stammers, February 20th on a Wednesday. Art Aronson alongside Caleb Kirby. Yep. Since our last podcast, the Canucks uh, lost uh, four, or rather 3 2 to the San Jose Sharks last Saturday. Uh, they beat the LA Kings coming from behind 4 3 in a shootout. What else has happened since then? Jake Virtanen out with a cracked rib, uh, maybe a month. Canucks made a trade. Sam Gagne to the Edmonton Oilers for Ryan Spooner. Uh, Luke Shen might be making his Canucks debut. Looks like Ryan Spooner will as well. Uh and four games off between or sorry 4 days off between games uh, as Arizona's the next game uh, the Canucks will play uh, on a Thursday which is uh, tomorrow our time since we're broadcasting this on a Wednesday. Don't forget Something about Tanev in that ankle too.
1: Same player. Uh yes, it's Chris Tanev. Ryan Getzloff just tunes two guys up in one game.
2: That's true. Yeah, I guess he under- did. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even figure that. Was a tough. Uh, that was a tough game, losing one nothing that way. And oh, then, to the Ducks! And then losing two players like that, right? Do you want to talk about, a little bit about the Vertanen hit? What did you think about it, Getzlav hit there? Kind of blindsided him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a
1: blindside hit, but I don't think it was like, um, like I don't, I don't think it was like targeting the head or anything like that. Like some people have said, it's, it's just hockey,
2: man. This is, this is the sport. They said it was. Accidentally on purpose. That's what I'm hearing a lot of people say. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, I, and you play a game and a guy's not looking, but the puck's there. There's nothing wrong with going in and, and uh, delivering a solid check. And it was a solid check. And Ryan Getzloff's a big dude. It's just, it drives me crazy when we're playing teams that are kind of like in the bottom. I mean, they're only like two points behind us now, but uh, it was pretty bleak for the Anaheim Ducks basically until they played that game. And then not only do we lose one nothing to like a third string goaltender, two of our players like pretty important pieces in in Tanev and uh, Vertan and get injured. It's just, you know, I guess it's hockey, but it it sucks. It sucks when that happens. The losing sucks on its own, and then the injuries make it just even worse. I can't like. There's a couple of years ago when uh, we'd play like Arizona and a guy like uh, Martin Hansel would, like, hack a guy and he'd break a finger or something like that. and continually happens against these teams that uh, aren't even in the hunt, right? I don't know. It's, yep. it's
2: frustrating, but it is what it is. Yeah, injuries are part of the game, and for whatever reason, the Canucks have been destroyed by injuries. I mean, you look at the list of guys out. Alex Edler hasn't returned to the lineup yet, but – I think it's getting closer, Yeah, I think. Sven Berchi, is he ever going to play hockey again?
1: That's a pretty important question nowadays, man. I'm concerned for him. And, I mean, if it's, you know, life after hockey versus playing hockey, you obviously take life after hockey because, you know, the guy's married now. He's starting like kind of like a new life, you know, away from the game. And you don't want to be suffering post-concussion symptoms for the rest of your life, so.
2: Canucks have got to do something to fill these positions. I yeah. mean, like two, the top two D men are out, Tan, Evan Edler. Uh, so it looks like uh, the Canucks did make a trade for Ryan Spooner, which yeah. I think he can kind of move up and down the lineup again, right? Josh Levo has been getting a lot of top six minutes. Jake Virtanen now, who has been slotting into the top six every once in a out. while. Yeah. yeah, every once in a while. So do you think Spooner is a guy that can kind of fill those minutes then?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to get into this a little bit later. um, But, yeah, I think Spooner is a guy. Like, I think he's a pretty good reclamation project to pick up. He is an incredible skater. Like, the guy is a very, very good skater in every facet of the game. Not only is he fast up and down the ice, he's got good vertical movement. He skates with his head up. He has very quick acceleration. He, he like, he's elite when it comes to skating. Um, it hasn't been it hasn't been going
2: well for him. Yeah, lightly, this is though.
1: his fourth team yeah. this year. Yeah, and um, you know, like it all depends on kind of the shots you're taking, and then obviously your confidence as a player. Like he's not a young guy anymore. No, just turned 27. But um, if he's put in those positions, like a guy like Levo, right? We pick up Levo from Toronto, and he wasn't playing in a position where he's he could succeed. He immediately comes over here and he plays in the top six, and then it transcends into success, right? Um, I think the same thing could happen for Spooner. Uh, I think we could find, well, like the hope is that we can find some semblance of consistency in his game. And I think that Spooner is another one of those guys that Benning takes a flyer on because he knows that we need a net front presence as well. And Spooner can provide that. He can get in front of the net and help tip pucks in and help get pucks back to guys like Besser and, and Petey. I want to see this line like i'm pretty excited to take a gander at it
2: yeah i mean i guess in practice this week he's been playing with besser and with Petey. so here's here's spooner talking to reporters about uh, what he hopes here in vancouver i've thought about it and um, a lot of things are kind of going through my head i mean it's just one of those things where um a couple of the fits just haven't been there and um it's on me too i mean um I don't think maybe I was ready at the beginning of the year, I guess mentally or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, I prepared the same way um, as I have in the past and been trying to play the same way, and um, it just hasn't been there. So I think for me here, uh, it's just a fresh start um, and just have some fun again. Yeah, he was talked about pretty much his failures over the last couple of years because yeah. it just hasn't gone well for him. So he's going to get an opportunity here. There was times when he was playing on Boston where I
1: was like, I would love to have this guy on my team. Like, there was a couple years there. I th- Like, for two straight seasons, I'm like, yeah, Ryan Spooner is a player in this league. Like, he is good enough to compete night in, night out. So, I'm glad we got him. And for Sam Gagne, who was basically just, like, in limbo playing for the Marlies, like, that that to me is just a no-brainer. Because what else are you going to do with Gagne? You're not
2: going to bring him back up. There's no way. Think that's a good trade for both teams?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Sam Gagne, like, going back to a familiar franchise where he probably had, like, his most consistent game, um, I think that's good for them, and I think that brings
2: some leadership to that room, which they kind of need right now. So, yeah, I think it's a good trade for both both sides. So Ryan Spooner looks like he's going to take the spot of Jake for uh It sucks that Jake Furtanen's out. Cracked rib, maybe a month, I think they're saying. We don't know, maybe longer. Yeah,
1: no, when you say take the spot of Jake Furtanen, I don't think you mean play on the same line and no, kind of the same role. No, just take those just, minutes. Take just those take, minutes. Yeah, 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 just hop yeah. in and play.
2: Because that's what it is. It's a, it's a you know, they got to fill minutes at this point.
1: Oh, absolutely. And okay. I i mean, like, we're seeing the margin of error here to try and make the playoffs as, as where we are right now. And, and this goes back even to this the San Jose game, man. Like, one, they played a really good game, especially in that second period. They were all over the Sharks. And, you know, one mistake by a player that, you know, doesn't necessarily see a lot of ice time but works hard whenever he's in the lineup. One small mistake cost him that game cost them the points, and now the Canucks are sitting where they're sitting, where they had a really, really good chance to not only, um, like, they had a good chance to not only pull a tie there, but also pull a win out of
2: that game. And we were talking about Alex Biega. He had a good game up until that point, too. And he was good against the LA Kings, so it was tough to, like, really get too mad at him. But, yeah, that mistake cost them the game. You could see how mad he was at
1: himself, right? Like, he knew right away. And, I mean, it's just a tough play for a guy who who is always kind of on the fringe of this team. And, and um, you know, like, you can't – you can put the blame on him for the play, but you can't fault the effort that the Canucks put in into that game. Like, they were in that game. They played really, really well. Um, but I would like to see Luke Shannon in this lineup to see what he can do. Yep. And to be honest, I don't really care who he slots out for. Like, I – he could slot out for Biega. He could slot out for um, Pugliot. He could slot out for good Branson for me. One of those three guys. Like, I think he could easily come in just so we can have a look and see where his game's at. And I don't think I'd miss any one of those three guys.
2: Shen has not played a lot of uh, NHL minutes this year. No, right? not a, no, yeah. like none at all. Yeah. So it's. Uh it will be interested to see what he brings. He's got, you know, NHL experience. He was a top, was he a top three pick? Uh,
1: No, I think he was a little later than that. But like when Berkey, like Brian Burke drafted him for Toronto and he was like insanely high on him. It was high. Yeah.
2: Those Shen brothers get picked very high in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, uh, the Canucks just got to fill minutes at this point. That's, that's, that's what it's at. And it's very tough to win hockey games when you're filling minutes with AHL level players. Well, the thing is, is, like,
1: Markstrom is so insanely good right now, too. He's playing out of his mind good that the Canucks are basically in every game. They just have to limit mistakes. And, like, you, like we've seen it uh, time and time again this season where the defense has made such a miserable play that it's cost us a game or at least cost us a goal in the game.
2: Well, nothing could right? illustrate that better than the 3-2 goal in the San Jose game. Yeah. Because – Markstrom even made it a great save on the three-on-one. He can't stop everything, though. Exactly, know? right? Yeah. yeah. And
1: it, it just happens too often. And and I honestly think, like, you know, guys like Pedersen, guys like Besser, like, they do a lot of heavy lifting for this team. Markstrom does a lot of heavy lifting for this team. But if the defense can't limit that, like, the margin of error is so razor thin for this defense. If they make one bad play, we're out of the game. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's early. Like, The amount of, like, leads
2: that we've surrendered early in the game have cost us significantly. Like, can you believe that our starting two defensemen are Stetcher and Hutton, and they're going to play almost half the game. I know, and they've been unreal, man. Stetcher has been unreal
1: this season. Like, he's developed into something. So like, something very, very good.
2: And Hutton has had an incredible bounce-back season as well. We've talked about it in this podcast before, but those two guys are making a case to be on this team for a long time. I think time, you have to keep right? them. Yeah, Yeah.
1: At this point. You have to keep them. And, like, I mentioned it briefly on on our podcast last week, but, like, of concerns me now, man. The amount of injuries that this guy has just racked up over the last few seasons, I just don't know. Like, what do you do with a guy like him? Does he still have that value that he did a few seasons ago when, when people started talking about trading him? Is it even worth looking at? He is a great player like when he's with a partner who he's comfortable with. I mean he's had a bit of a rough ride with with Good Branson over the last couple of weeks, but like man, I, I wonder about
2: his future. I really do. Too bad they didn't trade him when he had some value and was healthy, right? Because that's that's where we're at. Because it'd be nice to get something for him. That's
1: what everybody on uh, who's a fan of every team says about almost every player when
2: this goes down, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just some butts. The Canucks uh, will face Arizona on Thursday night. Uh, we're in a soft part of the schedule, kind of. I was looking at it. Yeah. Like, there's chances here, and they've had four days off between games. They should come out flying against Arizona.
1: Yeah, you hope they do, right?
2: I mean, Arizona's in the hunt, too, but I think
1: the Canucks are the better team.
2: Well, let's talk about that for a second here. There are so many teams vying for this last playoff spot in the West. It's really ridiculous. Like, there's six teams that have a shot at it. Are the Canucks better than those teams? Um, I don't know if they're better than all of the teams.
1: I think I think the Wild are in free fall right now. They're in some serious, serious trouble. They've lost four straight. So I would say that right now the Canucks are just better than the Wild, even though the Canucks are completely riddled with injuries. Yeah. Anaheim, I'm not worried about either. Chicago, I'm definitely concerned about. Uh, Dallas... I'm, I have no idea. I don't know if they're better. D- Dallas is one of the biggest Jekyll and Hyde teams out there. Like, And I think a, a goaltender like Bishop makes up for a lot of their deficiencies, kind of like Markstrom makes up for ours, right? Um, Colorado is a mystery to me because of, like, they haven't been playing good hockey at this point, but they still have one of the best lines in hockey. And uh, they're just leaving points on the table. That team has 11 overtime losses, man. Like, they have 11 t- overtime losses with a th- just a minus three goal differential. And to me, like, if that team could close out games, they'd be up above Dallas in the first wild card spot. What about St. Louis as well, the hottest well, team in the NHL? St. Louis, is they're gone, and I got to eat crow, man. Like, I at the beginning of the season, I thought they were going to take a step back and regress, and they did for a really, really long time.
2: You know what's crazy? Do you remember the Canucks playing St. Louis December 9th the Canucks blew him out. That's when Besser got his weird hattie. Yeah, we watched that game together. Yeah. After that game, Tarasenko apologized to the fans. They got into a fight in their own practice yeah. in St. Louis. And since then, they've been on fire. Well, Petrangelo's back now too, right? Yeah. Which is a, a huge piece. They got, this, they got this rookie goal, or I don't know if he's a rookie, but a goaltender that nobody's ever heard of. Jordan who's, Bennington. Who's 13-1-1. Dude, he's had two consecutive shutouts. Two shutouts in a row, and he's won his
1: last eight starts. And this is the thing. We were talking about uh, this in December with St. Louis, and I was you know, basically proclaiming they're a train wreck and they're not going to make it. So, yeah, I have to apologize on that. But uh, bringing in Jordan Bennington, like he's challenged Jake Allen for that spot, basically taking that spot. But he's even elevated Allen's play. And I still think Allen is like a a bit of a head case, Jekyll and Hyde type goaltender when it comes to – I don't think he's like – I don't think he's unstable or anything. Well, but, he was he but, was um, at a point there yeah. in his
2: career where there's like you have no idea what you're going to get from this guy.
1: Exactly. And 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 now that he's being challenged by this like young netminder who's one eight straight had two consecutive shutouts, like Allen's elevated his game. Allen's last game was a shutout too. Right? So I, the team is playing better. They're t- they they're are. playing way better. Tarasenko's shooting percentage has skyrocketed from the beginning of the season. He was taking lots of shots They weren't going in. Now he's doing the exact same thing. They're they're going in. So, I I don't think anybody's catching St. Louis for that uh third spot in the division, and I think St. Louis might be able to catch a team like the the Predators or the Jets eventually. Really?
2: I don't know. They're we'll still, see. they're still in that first wild card
1: spot. Yeah, but they're like 10 points above like almost everybody else in that in that wild yeah. card race now. Yeah. They're playing just insanely spirited hockey. 11 straight wins. The Canucks need 11 straight wins. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's really tough to see this team making a run like that, though, with all these injuries. Yeah, there's a lot of
1: guys that are just hurt, man. And I'd love to have Berchi back, especially, because he just
2: he helps Bo's line just go. Here's the question that I think is going around Canuck fans right now, all of them. I've seen seeing it a lot. Is Elias Pettersson, Jacob Markstrom, and a bad Western Conference fooling Canucks fans into thinking their team is better than it is? I don't think so entirely. And
1: the reason is is because they're still competitive. They still manage to come back in games when, when they're down in the third period. But like a team like Colorado and like a team like Chicago, who I honestly think we're fighting with now, the Canucks are leaving too many points on the table. And it's not that they're a bad team. They're... I don't even want to say made mediocre because I think they're above mediocre, but it's, it's closing out games and it's starting games properly. This team isn't good enough to play two periods. They're just not. Like, they need a complete effort from puck drop to, you know, when the Zamboni comes out at the end of the game.
2: But that's – when you say that, though, I, I think one of their most complete efforts was against San Jose. But that's the and mistake, they get right? Win, right? That one
1: mistake. Yeah. Like, they need – they can't – their D can't make those – uh, like, full pause at crucial points in the game. And you don't want to harp on a guy like Biega
2: because you see the effort. But, man, just, that was a bad play. He's just playing too many minutes. Yeah. You're seeing these AHLers pretty much play too many minutes.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, at least our deficiencies, like, I look at a team like Colorado and I look at a team like Chicago, at least our deficiencies aren't in the crease this year. And that's one thing that gives me hope is that Markstrom has been so good over the past, like, three months... That we don't really have to worry about that. Whereas other teams that are trying to make this run, trying to make this push, they have to worry about their goaltender and what he's going to do night in, night out.
2: Yeah, that goes from Varlamov to uh, Ward or Delia, whoever Chicago's throwing out right? there these days. And uh, who's the, uh, I don't know. There's. Sure. Lots of teams are having goaltender problems. Chicago in the other run. night against Ottawa. <laughs> that was a funny game, right? Like <laughs> the score was seven five in the second period. It's pretty funny. And,
1: and and I mean, you got to worry about your goaltender every single time you you ice your lineup. Yeah. Whereas so, the Canucks are less shaky there, and I I really think that just on the backs of of guys like Markstrom and Pedersen and Besser, that we have a legitimate shot as long as we. Control the puck a little bit better and don't turn it over in crucial areas of the ice.
2: Last podcast, you got into it on the power play. What have you seen since? Um, I thought the
1: power play was pretty good in uh, in the game against San Jose. But again, it's, it's net front presence for me. It's net front presence and moving not just the puck at a good clip, but moving your body. Pedersen on that wall. I still think we rely on him too much as the quarterback for our PP. And I still think people are isolating him because of that, because they see that. And uh the Canucks still need to work on that. But it's hard to get any semblance of consistency when you have guys that continually get hurt, right? Um, and then the zone entries are I like what they do with their zone entry, but they just need to time it better. And I actually thought in the San Jose game when they did have power plays, they were timing it better. They weren't um, getting stuck on that blue line as much. So the zone entries had improved. But, I mean, I was ranting about that power play. I hated that power play. And it's been one game that I've seen basically since then. So hard, they, they hard, got to, up- really, hard to really say they've fixed it because we haven't seen enough of it. Yeah, but it was better it had it did improve in that San Jose game.
2: Yeah, they got one power play goal in the LA Kings game and I thought they were moving around the puck pretty nicely in the game against San Jose yeah and when you're playing a team like San Jose, any of the good teams like you have to score on your power play that's the one that's the thing about the Chicago Blackhawks who are also in this race when I watch them, they score on the power play every game yeah every game they score multiple goals on the power play and if you get your – because your best players are out there, Mm -hmm. and that's going to decide games. So if the Canucks can uh, get a power play that scores every single game, they're going to have a chance to win every night. Those second chances,
1: man, when you're shooting the puck. Like I thought in that San Jose game, our our D did a pretty good job of getting the shots through. It's just like we need guys to get garbage. Like we need garbage men on this team, and we don't have them right now. So can Ryan Spooner
2: kind of do that? That's what
1: I'm hoping, Like and, and that's why I think they picked them up. I liked uh, Adam Gaudet. I thought he uh, He's been played, awesome he, since he's been back. Hey? Yeah, I thought he played Holy really smokes.
2: I thought he played really well in the game against the LA Kings, obviously scoring the tying goal Yes. Yeah. Uh I think he gives them a guy uh, in the bottom 6 that can, you know, stir it up down low and get his team uh, some opportunities to score. So I'd like to see more of them. I'd like to see more of him, too. And I I just like his confidence with the
1: puck right now. Like, he's skating the puck through the neutral zone. I thought that Utica stint did wonders for just how he feels on this team. Like, he doesn't look out of place at all. And I thought McEwen's fight was unreal. Even though he didn't play after, maybe his hand was hurting or something like that. But, like, that was a really good time to get in a tilt. And he answered the bell, especially for a young kid.
2: Yeah, Zach McEwen and... Adam Gaudet, they both look pretty good here, and they're going to get more minutes with Jake Vertanen out of the lineup. So uh, if you get anything from those guys, it kind of seems like bonus, but we need it. It makes you
1: wonder about a guy like Schaller. Like, are we even going to see him again this season? Like, is he even
2: going to crack? <sighs> yeah. I, he's really, when he's out there, he doesn't do anything. It's, you know, he doesn't muck it up in the corners. Yeah. He doesn't win any puck battles. uh He's been kind of passed here by McEwen and God got Yeah, Goddard. even he's Mott, crazy. right? Like, yeah.
1: Mott yeah. is out playing him as well. And Louie's just kind of
2: Louie, but. Oh, fuck Louie <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I kind of, like, forget he's on the team. We're talking about guys, like, here we are heading into the trade deadline, and everybody's talking about, oh, the Canucks need to bolster their second line. Who are some players? We-? I'm like, well, fucking their $6 million guy can't even play on the second line? Yeah. He doesn't even want to it it looks like,
1: yeah, I know it's it's, embarrassing. it's frustrating,
2: and yes, we've railed on him, and we could rail on him for the rest of this podcast, but it really like who could have seen that coming nobody
1: yeah i it like a lot of people were predicting bounce back seasons and stuff he's playing with Beagle and Mott, yeah. And I like Beagle. I think Beagle might be hurt or something. Like, I don't think I he's think 100% he's right now either.
2: Because we saw him live earlier this year, and I thought he was one of the best players out yeah. there. I love. It. And then when I watch him on TV, I barely notice him now. Yeah, he's he he
1: he's like something's affecting his game right now. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm not going to make excuses for him and then completely land-based uh, Louie. They both need to pick it up from what I've seen. That fourth line uh, needs to step their game up and help the D out. That's the thing, right? Like... The D's getting killed, and some of these guys on the back end are just seeing
2: way too many minutes. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with the Canucks right now, injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Have you heard anything about Alex Edler? I think that's something we're just not going to know about until he's good to go. Yeah, I haven't heard anything.
1: Yeah. Going back to uh, the Canucks and their their defense against San Jose, right? You had good Branson paired up with a guy like Guillaume Brisebois. And then What'd you, think of you had uh, Pouliot and Biega together. Yeah. I thought Breezebaw did okay. There was one point in the game where the Sharks scored off the rush because um, they gained the zone a little too easily. And that's just gaps, right? And that's something that uh, some guys from the AHL have a little bit of a problem with just because it's picking up a man coming at you faster than the guys in the a- AHL are, right? Like, it's having the foresight to not only see the play happening – but to close that gap at the blue line and try and get some, uh, get up to him tighter, cut that angle to the net off a little bit easier. There was one time where I just noticed I'm like, okay, well he's a little far back, like he's not, he's not challenging. Gap control. Yeah, he's not For
2: challenging sure. the entry enough. Well, the but. Canucks have NHL players on this team that can't do that. Erica Branson.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but uh, it's just one of those things that you notice, especially when you when he is paired with a guy like Branson. Overall, though, I thought he played really
2: solidly. Pedersen, Besser, these guys like they have to score every night at this point, right? Yeah. Do you do you like when they're on the ice because they're playing against the other team's best players? Oh god, do you, you see, like how did, they're playing?
1: Did you see that one play? Like nothing came of it, but Pedersen basically had the puck in his own end. Yeah. No. And he skated past the entire team yeah. and went to the other side. Yeah, of course, play him as much as you can. Yeah, keep him out there. I'd love to see Horvat uh, maybe get off a little bit of a Schneid himself as well. He's uh, he hasn't been doing like he hasn't been as mighty lately as he was at the beginning of this season. But who's he playing with? That's another exactly. It's, it's a problem, with? right? I feel like when Bart, when him and Bertie are out there together, like they're so noticeable and they just feed off of each other, and then. You know nothing against a guy like Antoine Roussel because Roussel has been great this season. He's surpassed expectations. You think so? I, I think so. Yeah, hmm. and um, I thought he played he, well against he's, San Jose. He's no—he's—he's he's just no Berchi as far as scoring touch is concerned, right?
2: Yeah. The Canucks need something from other than Besser and Patterson because that's going to decide games. I think. Yeah, we don't want to get into a point where. Do you remember last year when the Canucks were losing games and at the end of the season it was just like, oh, at least Besser scored. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally. Well, not towards the end of the season because we lost him That's after true. that Clutterbuck hit. You
1: know, it was just misery, yeah, <laughs> misery defined. But, sure. um,
2: I we don't I want actually, to get into a point where it's like, oh, Besser made a great play or Pedersen made a great play tonight. Hey, we're gonna lose though. If we see, <laughs> Petey, Besser and Spooner and they have
1: a good game, right? Or they have a few two, a few games coming in here, and then you see a, a second line of like your your Horvat, your Levo, your Roussel. Mm-hmm. That's not bad.
2: You think that's that's all right? that's
1: a little more top six up front in a time where it could be much worse because of these injuries. Yeah, I I really like the uh, the the dice roll on Spooner right now. I mean, who knows what I'm going to say in a week after we see him play a
2: couple, but um, I I don't mind it. We didn't give up anything for it, right? Yeah. The NHL trade deadline is approaching. We talked a little bit about it last week about what we'd like to see the Canucks do or not do. It doesn't sound like they're going to do a whole lot. I feel like Spooner, this is a move well ahead of the trade deadline. What do you think what else do you think the Canucks could do to bolster, you know, their defense, bolster their second line? Are they at a point where they need to do that? If we can get rid of Sutter for a D man, I'm all for it. You think you still think that's possible to trade Sutter?
1: Well, what when's the deadline next week? Yeah. Sutter's next Wednesday? Sutter's a week ori- from today. Sutter's originally yeah. injury like the timeline was like 2 weeks. Yeah. He's getting close. Yeah. I still think people are probably interested in him just because of what he brings to the table. Um one assist. Yeah, but dude, it's not about that with him. <laughs> I know. When in, in the role that he plays, it's not about that with him. I know, but he's a center and you'd expect him to be able to at least create a play. Yeah. Well, I mean, Godet can yeah. And we're seeing that out of that, and that's why I'd like to see Sutter moved yeah he could, he could play he could play three or four right like he's he's kind of like very Beagle-ish in that way uh, where he he wins draws and he protects the puck he's not getting you in you're not he's not costing you goals out on the ice
2: What's the defense that the Canucks could go after Nick Jensen's name's been thrown out there quite a bit in the NHL because he has a nice cap friendly hits he's still fairly young. I'd pretty much try and go after any D I could get my <laughs> fingers on,
1: you know, or even a even a prospect, right? Like, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be like a blockbuster trade. It's just depth, and it's and it and it creates that internal competition back there for guys that want to stay in the lineup. In my opinion, I just don't think guy a guy like Puell that's been challenged enough for his spot all season.
2: And he's getting just so many minutes, so many minutes. I shudder every time he's out there. Him and Gabranson, I just think something's bad going to happen every single time. Well, they make me
1: worry, right? Like, I mean, him with Biega, the the entire Sharks game, I was sitting on the edge of my seat because I was just like, man, I know something's going to happen. And lo and behold, boom.
2: Yep. Cost us the game. It's becoming punchlines, really. It is. So Luke Shen's going to get an opportunity here. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Guillaume Briseois, I guess, is still going to be around. Uh no, I think he got they, sent down. Oh, did down. they send him down? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, at least there's another option there. Is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. No, he like he played well and it's going to work wonders
1: for his confidence and I love I love how the Canucks are doing this now. They're giving kids a taste. It's a very small taste. They're doing it properly. They're putting him in, in positions where they usually can succeed, right? And um I think it's just that's just the proper way to use your farm. Whereas you look at a team like the Oilers and they bring these guys up right away, and then they fail miserably and they don't even like, they don't even give him time in the A, right? Like, I think Jesse Pugliarvi is a, a really good example of that. Now the kid's got no confidence. They're talking about trading him, number four overall in his draft year, mm-hmm. right? He was like, people were talking about him and Patrick Line for the longest time being like, who's two? Who's three? Like, who's better? And now the kid is, you know, like a lot of people are talking about either trading him or sending him down to uh, Edmonton's farm. Yeah.
2: Uh, the trade deadline is coming. Uh, what do we want to talk about? Other players that could be on the move <laughs> Panarin? Excuse Panarin in his diarrhea? Yeah, sounds like Panarin. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I wish I could get that quote somewhere. I guess he wasn't playing because he was sick. It's out and then there. Tortorella was like, he need, he took a shit. He shit his pants. <laughs> He's
1: puking and shit in his pants. <laughs> Tortorella is the best. Like I mean, I don't want him as my coach anymore, but like, man, is he—he's so, so good for the NHL. He's just a quote
2: machine. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to get into the Canucks related before uh, we get into some of these other NHL headlines? Well, I, no, because I mean, well, they got they got Arizona coming up, uh, then they got the New York Islanders on Saturday, Saturday home, yeah. which is going to be a tough game, but uh, they need points out of it, and then they got Anaheim on Monday, so conceivably they could sweep all this game this the golden
1: game here the golden like well yeah i guess silver lining not golden lining <laughs> is that um they're playing at home so much down this stretch yeah. right and and that can really help them and also they're not playing teams that are world beaters aside the islanders are insanely good defensively but um but yeah like you, you score a couple quick ones and you can beat these teams
2: all right, well, since we don't have too much Canucks to talk about, on, they only on. played two games yeah. really since our last, uh, our last podcast. Who, um,
1: who are the teams that you are looking at in the East and the West that are the scariest teams heading into these playoffs? I have five in mind that I, I would just like not want to play in the first round.
2: Well, I already have my Stanley Cup final. I already know what it's What is it? Be. It's the Sharks and the Lightning. You think so? Yeah. I don't think the Lightning's going to do it. I think the Lightning, and if you watch them play, and I've seen, I've I've tried really hard to watch their games, and they have been on TV, national TV, been, yeah. and I'm I'm like, this team can't be stopped, and they know it. I don't think they're going to do it, and w- I'll tell you why. What's your problem with them? Man, I just
1: watching Washington wilt them down in that Eastern mm. Conference final last year, I don't think that team's made enough changes to address that in the offseason. You don't think they learned from that? I don't think they learned from that. I really don't. They're, it's almost the exact same lineup. Yeah, it is, but they're a, that, year, they're a year smarter. I think that. that back end is going to get pushed around again like they did in that Eastern Conference final by whoever is going to play them, whether that's Washington or uh, whether that's uh, Pittsburgh. Pitt, well, yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh might not even make it. Um,
2: was, I think Pittsburgh will make it.
1: What was the other team that I was thinking about? Oh, Boston. Like that team I would not want to play in the first round. They are playing insane hockey right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's a lot
2: better teams I'll tell out you, east, I think.
1: I'll tell you my 5. I think the top 3 teams to me are the Lightning, yeah. like you said. Yeah. Um Washington. I think they're just really? I think they're playing
2: possum until they make the playoffs. They're, I guess they're playing a lot of possum. They give up a lot of goals. Yeah,
1: but Holpe, same thing as last year and then he went into the, went yeah. into the playoffs. He Completely hit another gear, and I think he's the kind of goalie that does that, and I think he's proven that now.
2: But they just lost Devontae Smith-Pelly. They have don't they do not have Jay Beagle anymore. There's 20 I think more some games left. Yeah, you know. It's, you know? Yeah.
1: And then uh, the other team is, is Boston in the East, and I actually I think that those are probably the three best teams in the NHL. I think so. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You put Boston as a top three team. Yeah. And then, to me, um, in the West, San Jose for sure. And uh, I think Winnipeg's playing playing a bit of possum as well right now. I
2: think, I think that
1: team is gearing up for the play for the playoffs. I think
2: San Jose's really good. And yeah. like watching Joe Thornton, who apparently still has it, scored a hat trick this week. Yeah. Did he do anything after that? Did he pull anything out and uh you're <laughs> the old tug tug or what? Probably should have because he's Joe Thornton. Big jumbo Joe. What a career that guy's had. <laughs> yeah, unreal. And third I think- line on that team? Yeah, deep. Their, their team's so deep. Like Kevin LeBlanc all of a sudden is a sniper on this yeah. team. Timo Meyer. Where do these guys come from? Right.
1: So I give you my five. What are your five?
2: Uh, Well, I'm going to say Winnipeg again. Kay. I'm with you. Winnipeg, San Jose, Tampa Bay. Uh, I like... Uh, there's another team that I can't for whatever Toronto? reason. Mm, not so much Toronto. I, I still have problems with that defense. Yeah. And um I like I think Pittsburgh is going yeah, yeah, to make it, and they're fine yeah, they're going to make it, and they're going to be fine, and Washington there there you go. They're fighting with the canes to uh. I get like in the there. canes, too. We're going to talk about the canes here in a moment, but i I, I the canes are fun every time I watch them, I'm like this team's young and fun, yeah. and people should go out and watch them. <laughs> yeah, so no, those, yeah, agree. those are those are my teams. I, I, I but I think for me, and I'm going to go on record saying this right here in this podcast. It's going to be the Lightning and the Sharks in the Stanley Cup final. And man, those are like I like the Sharks. Two perennial choke artists, I know. man. I know. I know. I don't know. I, know. I like that's, People said that about Washington every year, too. That's your Stanley Cup through. prediction, eh? And they finally broke through, right? Why not this year? Mm. I, I was watching that Lightning game. They, like, utterly destroyed Columbus. Like, Columbus had – and they were in Columbus, and they had nothing. Columbus had nothing.
1: I, I like how bold your Sharks prediction is to come out of the West. The thing about the West is, like, I'm scared of goaltending. Martin Jones, like, hasn't shown me much this entire season. Yeah. His his uh, save average is sitting around, like, his save percentage is sitting around, like, 900. I think it's below 900 right now. Yeah. And the Sharks are
2: making up for those deficiencies. And I just kind of wonder about that going into the playoffs. They're just They're just unfair. They remind me of the Blackhawks of 2010. They're a little unfair. I think if the Blackhawks make it, man, you got to watch out for them. Their defense is not good enough. If Crawford comes back and can play like Crawford, they have a shot. But right now, the Blackhawks are being propelled by three guys, pretty much. Kane, oh, what a propulsion, though. Kane, Tays, Woo! and DeBrincat. These yeah. guys are just like, they're scoring every night, every yeah. night, and yeah. driving their team into a position to make the playoffs. And I saw a tweet from a uh, Blackhawks uh Writer, he was like, if the Canucks, he's like, if the Blackhawks win, and uh, I can't remember the other team and whatever team it was loses, the the Blackhawks are in the play, are in a playoff spot, okay. and the Blackhawks won, and I can't remember, I can't.
1: I, li- I like your obvious answer is obvious question with the uh, <laughs> Stanley Cup final prediction.
2: No, I, and I think it's the safe one. No, I really do. Is it? Is it that yeah, safe? I do think it's safe. well. You just you just called the perennial choke artist. They are perennial choke artists. Not perennial that
1: choke artists. That's so why that I, that's why I'm not going to go with it. So I'm going to give you mine too. Yeah. I'm going to give you. Um, I think Boston is going to do it in the East because they have the best line in hockey. Because we visited Boston in September.
2: And well, <laughs> and
1: they're the city maybe of champions. Maybe that maybe that factors into it as well. It didn't, but it's it's actually kind of funny how that works. Patrice Bergeron is just incredible, man. He's incredible. Oh, here's a question. He doesn't do a single thing wrong on the ice. Like there's no deficiencies in that guy's game Here,
2: whatsoever. I got a question for you, and this is something I posed to someone else this week and it involves Patrice Bergeron. At the end of their careers, who are we? Who are we going to say is the better player or had the better career, Patrice Bergeron, or Jonathan Taze? <sighs> Holy smokes! How that's good is a, that? That's How a,
1: good is well, that? Well, it's it's a good question, but it's also a stupid question because they're not at the end of their careers. They're comparable right now. I They're mean, comparable. Taves has more more championships, and I think Taves is like, he's a fantastic leader. They both have the
2: same amount of gold medals but as God, well. Man. They both
1: play the same position. If you're asking they- me
2: which player I think
1: is better currently, I think you got to give the edge to Bergeron.
2: Jonathan but, Taves has 60 points in yeah. 60 games, having a career year too.
1: With, pedi- with the pedigree that Taves has, yeah. as of right now, you, you have to give the career to Taves.
2: They're both always in the Selkie conversation every year, and Patrice is going to be again this year.
1: Okay, so you hijacked my Stanley Cup final prediction. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Um, And and it's a good question, but we're not going to know until we get there. And right now, you got to give it to Taves, do you not? Yeah, I just like those type of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You you love dwelling about that. It keeps you up at night. It does, actually. (laughs) It's pretty sad. It does. Um, I think it's going to be Boston and Winnipeg. I I think Winnipeg's playing possum. They got so close there last year.
2: That is bold. Yeah. Well, I'm a bold guy. Yeah, Winnipeg is a fucking great team. There's there's no way around that. Uh, I just think the Sharks are better.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That goaltending scares me.
2: Yeah, it just but creeps me. The is hell the Jets out. goaltending that great? I think either? it's better. Is it? Yeah. Tele-buck. Patrick Liney's got to figure it out, but I think he will. Yeah, he's like two goals in fourteen games. Or yeah, like that. or is no, he's no goals. He's in 14 ice, ice games. baby
1: right now. Yeah. But like once the playoffs come up, I think they're gonna flip a switch. I think they're just in
2: hibernation mode right now. I mean Pavelski's like that power play for the Sharks. Fuck, you do not want to go on a penalty kill against that team. Fuck, man, the Sharks are killing me. I I really
1: I really really appreciated the Canucks' response against the Sharks. Like yeah. For for how ticked off I was last week and saying where is the response? I thought the Canucks did a pretty damn good job, yeah. especially in that second period. But seeing the Canucks dominate in that second period against the Sharks gives me cause for
2: concern for the Sharks. For the Sharks a little bit. Oh, I thought the Sharks playing a little possum there. <laughs> Everybody's playing possum <laughs> on the Between
1: the Stairs podcast. This 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 cast <laughs> is going to be called Possum. It's brought to you by Possums. <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, yeah, we're, we're into the NHL. You kind of hijacked me, though, because so, I was trying to go with the NHL headlines that I had uh, with the NHL trade deadline, fast approaching. What are some of the big names? We talked about Panarin, maybe moving, except he's been shit in his pants so maybe not Duchesne. Uh Duchesne, obviously who's stone. been like held out of games he's been yeah. held out of games in ottawa uh mark stone which would be great I'm, i've heard some rumors mark stone to winnipeg have you heard that
1: dude i've heard Duchesne and stone to winnipeg and i've also heard Duchesne stone to nashville yeah okay yeah uh and, and man <laughs>
2: if either of those guys went to either of those teams that changes the dynamic doesn't it yeah it really does Nick Jensen as well is another name that I've heard out there. Uh, Do you think it's going to be a busy deadline? Because we're at a stage here. There's so many teams that are not out of it. Yeah. Like how many of these teams are going to stand put or feel like they need to make a move and make mistakes? Well, I think you need to load up. I
1: think some of these teams do need to load up. I think Nashville needs a piece. Um, If the Jets got a piece, that would scare the crap out of me even more than what their team is like right now. Um, the Islanders are a really interesting case. Like they're sitting atop of their division. They aren't scoring as much as other teams, but their defense and their goaltending has been superb.
2: Could you see Toronto making a move? Because I think Toronto thinks they have a championship Does Toronto powder. have any money? Not really, no. Right? Do I, some, I think that's yeah. one of
1: the things with them is that they're they've kind of made that move already with Muzzin.
2: Yeah, it's true. They they think they have a championship team Man, in Toronto. The
1: Muzzin move is hilarious. Like Nothing against Jake Mazen, C- pretty good player, but like, you're judging that guy on a merit of of playing with a guy like Drew Doughty, and then you bring him over and expect him to perform the way he was. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I, I don't like. I, I think Toronto is a good team, and Toronto is going to be a contender for years to come. But I just don't think they're. Quite I don't there think yet. they're there
2: yet. They're not there yet. Yeah. What do you think? I do I do think that uh, they have the Fords, but like like we've been saying all along, the defense is still not there. They still have problems on defense, and Muzzin isn't the guy that it's gonna fix everything, I don't think. If you're a Leaf fan, the three
1: teams that I mentioned the Lightning, Washington, they don't want to see Boston, right? And Boston, you do not want to see those teams (laughs) in the first round. Like you do not. Yeah. And as it sits right now, like Toronto has a pretty damn good chance of seeing Boston in the first round. And that, oh. that's snack time for the Bruins, oh, in my opinion. Man. That's a healthy snack.
2: Uh, how long is Pasternak out, though? That could be a problem here going ah, forward. He'll be back in time. That guy that guy suffered a big injury at the end of last year, too, yeah. if I remember correctly. He'll, like, he'll be back in time. Yeah, because he's he's pretty good. Pass is pretty good. All right, uh, other big uh, NHL headlines going around. We're going to talk about this. Don Cherry went on a rant about the Carolina Hurricanes because they like to celebrate after they win. Uh, Let's hear Don Cherry talking about the Carolina Hurricanes. This is
0: the National Hockey League. Brendan Moore is a good coach. These guys, to me, are jerks. You have to do this in the national... They're still not drawn. This is to me, and I'll tell you one thing, they better not do this in the playoff. What I don't understand is Brendan Moore is a street shooter. He always was. This is a joke. The in the rest of the guy, young men expressing themselves for joy of winning you don't do this thing in the net. It's professional hockey. Yeah. One of these guys is jerks or something. And I'll tell you one thing. They do this in the playoffs, making fun of the other team. But They're nobody's out too- on the ice. The game's over. I admit I always liked your theory of when you celebrate when you win only. Uh, that's why you liked Muhammad Ali, whereas Sugar Leonard yeah. did the stuff. Before. Struggle. Now, you don't. If you want to do it, do it before. But that—that that is absolutely ridiculous. I know the rest of the people. I know all the broadcasters and everything are afraid to say something like that. They're jerks oh, doing man, it. I like-
2: that goes on for another like minute and a half. <laughs> Seriously, it does. Yeah, I mean. What he, are your thoughts on uh, Don Cherry's uh, rant on the. You, you know what I like more than okay. the rant
1: is Brendan Moore's response. He's like, yeah, we're fine. We're not going to
2: change it. I didn't hear that. You saying like Brendan
1: Moore? Brendan is a straight shooter and all this stuff. Good Campbell River kid, by the way. Rod the Bod Brendan Moore. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it has had an effect on Carolina's attendance. Carolina's attendance is up. It's fourth worst. Right? It's fourth worst now. It's not the worst. So it has had an impact on their attendance. They are winning games. The rest, everybody except for Burke and Cherry thinks it's fun. The limbo celebration I thought was hilarious. The baseball one I thought was insanely clever. The duck duck goose one was kind of weird, but I mean like who cares man? It's hockey. It's supposed to be fun. We need personalities in this league. Hockey doesn't have enough personalities. And Carolina, whoever their social media guy is, yeah. and their marketing department, the response.
2: I li- I like the shirt. Unbelievable. The shirt that's going around that yeah, says bunch, a bunch of jerks
1: <laughs> with the Herc. Uh, dude, I want that shirt. <laughs> and you know what man, like I I I really think that a lot of teams have stepped up their marketing game like the, in the last few seasons, right? Uh, Nashville kind of did it first, gold on the ceiling, like the big uh, post-goal celebrations, the catfish, funneling beer off a of catfish. Vegas came into the league, put the league on notice, being like, this is entertainment. This is what hockey should be. We're going to do it better than everybody. And then that encouraged other teams to step up their game. We got gritty this year who is the best mascot in the NHL might be the best mascot in sports. Bold thing to say, but really like Gritty's been a phenomenon. And like for him to come in and use Twitter in the way that he's using Twitter, it's unbelievable. And now Carolina has like really stepped up their game to market the game in, in a hockey, non-traditional hockey market for a team that's been out of the playoffs for almost a decade. Like you need to do something and they know that they need to do something to get butts in seats, Or else that team isn't going to be around for much longer.
2: I look at it on the ice and what they're doing on the ice. I think, yes, a couple of those things are okay. The limbo and stuff like that. But it looks ridiculous. If I was a player on that team and they asked me to do that, I'd tell them to pound sand. I probably wouldn't do
1: it. I don't know, man. When you got your leaders, like you got Justin Williams on that team, Jordan Stahl, these guys don't have a problem with it. They have kids. Yeah. They know that hockey is also for kids. You think kids don't like this stuff? Kids eat it up. They love it. I know. But what are you what would you rather get into your building? A 20 something year old hockey hardcore fan who goes to the beers, I mean goes to the game, pounds beers, can get disruptive from time to time in a in a smaller non-traditional market to, to try and grow the game or do you want the families that come in there and can grow their kids on the Carolina Hurricanes for years to come?
2: These are all great points. I just saying for me personally, I would not fucking want to do that if I was on the Carolina Hurricanes team. But mar- on the marketing side, we live in Canada. We don't need to sell the game like that. Like, people are going to go to the games. Yeah. They If they want to do a little something extra for the fans, it's not fucking hurting anyone. It's not disrespectful for the game. Like, they do it after they win. Yada. If you don't want Carolina Hurricanes celebrating after they beat you, then don't let them beat you. Yeah. It's simple as that. Yeah, right? and I don't think if you if you pulled every single hockey player, every single team after a loss to Carolina, if they're concerned about that, they're not. They don't give a shit Dude, about that. Dude, you're
1: talking a 10-season drought in a non-traditional hockey market, yeah. right? Like that that's what's killing them. It's not like the the fans are fair-weather fans. Their team has sucked. Yeah. For 10 years. And now
2: they have a good team, so right? why not do why not do yeah. something to get the fans out to check out this get team? Get the fans
1: excited to come check out this great team with I think like it's a good timing, hidden yeah. talents like Sebastian Ajo that like you don't even know of yeah. unless you're an absolute hard, hardcore hockey fan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh the rookie on their team too. What's his name? I'm always uh I'm always uh ranting and raving about him when he's playing. You know who I'm talking about?
1: I'm trying to think. But I'm, uh, I'm stuck.
2: Sorry. This is bad. I had him. <laughs> <laughs> Filling uh, in time? S- Sveshnikov. Oh, Andre Sveshnikov. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. very fun to watch. So they got a lot of, you know, good young ter- – Taro Taravainen, ter- who's very good as well. Yeah, Taravainen's they, they, awesome. Yeah, they're, they've got a lot of good young players. So, yeah, they're doing they a got- little something extra – they got some old guys, too, that are ha- are having like fun Jordan out
1: there. Jordan Stahl, yeah. yeah. Jordan Stahl, Justin Williams. If those guys are okay with it, man, and they're leading the
2: charge, yeah, do it. Yeah, Why you're not? not? You're not hurting anybody by doing this. And yeah. and, yeah, it's a little bit of that old crustiness by Cherry. I got to say, that's one of his better rants, though, that he's had in a while. Yeah. But <laughs> like, I, it's not like – I don't agree with any of it, but it
1: was funny listening to it. Yeah, but it's funny for the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's funny because it's showing you how out of touch with this sport – It is and how much of it like how stuck in time this man is not wanting like not wanting the league to have any sort of fun whatsoever whatsoever personality sells sports man. The NBA is like the best example of this the NBA all like stars have fun maybe like some could argue even too much fun but kids look at those guys and they go I want to be like this guy I want to be like LeBron you know I want to be like Steph Curry. And it's little simple things that even, like, after Steph Curry, you know, throws down a three, or Jays a three, I guess, not throws, you don't throw down a three-pointer, but, like, you know, he's winking at the camera, he's running down the court with a big smile on his face. Hockey guys, like, Dawn's like, oh, you can't celebrate a goal. Why not?
2: I know. I hated it when he got all over Alex Ovechkin for doing that. The hot uh, stick? Yeah, the hot stick. That was stupid. The, and
1: he's He's been going after Kucherov for the bird thing. Yeah. You know, like, he just attacks players. And a lot of the times, he attacks players that aren't Canadian. And he says the Canadians set the example. But some of these other guys in other leagues around the world that have played and grown up and had fun and not are playing, like, nonstop systematic hockey – they're allowed to show their creativity. That's a
2: good thing for this sport. Yeah. And it, it can't
1: like, be all in this tiny little box. It needs to be spread out.
2: It's a little ironic, too, that a guy who wears the jackets that he right? does, uh, you know, that wants to draw attention to himself, that maybe the NHL wants to draw a little attention to itself, and he yeah. has a problem with he's that.
1: He's wearing jackets that look like they're barfed on by the bargain <laughs> bin at Fabricland, right? Yep. And he's saying, oh, you know, this... This league needs to be this way. And then at the same time, he looks ridiculous out there. Yeah. Uh, well, that's about all I got for Between the Stammers this week, Curb. Where can we find you? At Curbman23 on Twitter. And if you want to email us with any questions, submit it to BetweenTheStammers at gmail.com.
2: Uh, you can find me at Art Aronson on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks. And uh, hopefully the Canucks can pull a little sweep here for us on this weekend. Because That would really put them in a position to make the playoffs. They got to string game. those
1: wins together, yeah. They got to, they got to yeah. string these three wins in a it's, row. It's at that point, these now. are
2: three teams that they should beat, yeah.
1: One game below 500, yeah. When you look at it, yeah, and that's not including overtime losses, yeah. So, this is the
2: crux. If you're like, this is a chance to make the playoffs and give these kids a chance to get a taste, let's get it, let's go get it, yeah, yeah, yeah.